God. Come on and give God a praise. Come on and give God a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, don't get tired. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on and bless him. Come on and bless him. Bless him, bless him. Give him praise, give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord, bless him. He's worthy of his praise. He is worthy of his praise, worthy of his glory, worthy of his honor. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, just for two minutes, with your hands lifted up, with your hands lifted up, come on, begin to worship him. With your hands lifted up, begin to worship him. Hallelujah. He's given you life, health, and strength. He's brought you to such a time as this. Hallelujah. When the enemy ordered your death, God said, you shall not die but live. You need to bless him now. You need to give him glory and honor. Let us praise him for he is good. Let us bless him for he is worthy. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Hallelujah. Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm, saith the Lord. Bless him. You are his anointed. You are his anointed. You are his anointed. Anointed and appointed and called for such a time as this. Give him praise. Open up that mouth and bless him. Worship him with all your heart. With all your whole man. With all your heart. Hallelujah. He's worthy, O oh Lord. You're worthy, O oh Lord. You're worthy, O oh God. You're worthy. You're worthy, God. Hallelujah. There's no one like you. No one like you. No one like you, Lord. No one like you. We bless you, God. We worship you. 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 Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, God. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated if you can. Amen. Bless the Lord. God is good. And all the time. Amen. We thank God. Amen. For another day. We thank God for life, health, and strength. Amen. We thank God for salvation. Amen. So good and free. Amen. For we are here by the grace of God. Amen. It is the Lord that has kept us. And as the psalm writer said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, Amen. We need to ask the question, where would we be? Amen. He has kept you, delivered you, and brought you in such a time like this to where you are now. Amen. And it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I don't know about you, but I can say I'm blessed. How many people can say I'm blessed? How many of you can say I'm blessed here today? Blessed. 
blessed, blessed to be in the house of the living God. Amen. We thank God for seeing our brother Evans out today. Amen. How God has healed his body. Amen. Isn't it a blessing to receive healing from the Lord? Amen. It's a wonderful thing to receive healing from the God of our salvation. We are here. Amen. Glad to see Maria Black back from Florida. So good to see you. Amen. It's good to see you. Amen. Sister Rosie, Brother Leon, and Brother Nico, Sister just getting back from Florida themselves. Amen. We thank God for them. Amen. We still have some folks traveling. You know how it is in the summer. Folks like to travel. Amen. We got our assistant pastor, amen, who's going to be taking a, a break and a vacation too. Amen. So God is good. Amen. Giving us strength. Saints, turn with me to the 15th chapter of 1 Samuel. Thank God for the word. The 15th chapter of 1 Samuel. Amen. So good to see Brother Steve's mother. Amen. Out today. God bless you. In the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to be back. Amen. In the house of the Lord. Good to be back. Last time we was here, pastor tried to cheer up the church. Amen. Amen. We are here in Jesus' name. Amen. Still on our title, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Always remember that in all that you do, it's all about Jesus. Amen. If you, those of you who are able and can, amen, for at least the rest of this month, we'll be on a conference line with our Bible study. Amen. We're talking about the sovereignty of God. Amen. Come on out. Well, you ain't even got to come out. Just pick up the phone and dial in. (laughs) Amen. To the Bible study. It's not that hard. Amen. Talking about the sovereignty of God. Amen. Thank God for Sister Rose told us we had a a great showing. Amen. On the last conference call, Thursday past. Amen. Talking about the sovereignty of God. Our title is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Our thought for today, I want you to think about this. Where has my emotions caused me to lose focus on God? Again, where has my emotions caused me to lose focus on God? Still speaking on the power of our emotions and our feelings how if we're not careful, our emotions will cause us to do things that we normally wouldn't do under normal circumstances. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you get emotional, believe it or not, you can lose your mind. You can forget who you are. You can forget people around you. You may say, well, no, I don't believe that's true. But let me tell you something. You got many people in jail because of an emotional moment. At that time, they just became angry or they became grieved in their heart. And they done something, they did something they would not have normally 
done when they get emotional in that way. And I'm finding out what's happening with our emotions, just how much it controls, how it can control our day, how it can set the course of our day. Amen. We need to know what part of those emotions that's inside of us is causing us to lose focus on God. And then when you do that, here's the challenge to get over myself. <laughs> Look around, tell your neighbor, get over yourself. Amen, amen. The challenge to get over myself and focus on Jesus. Because a lot of times, that's all that's happening when we're real emotional. We're focusing too much on us. How many hear this today? When we are emotional, we are focusing too much on our feelings. We're focusing on what's going on rather than focusing on the word of God, rather than focusing on what God would have us to do at that time, rather than focusing on worship. We're focusing on the worrying that's going on in our mind, knowing even this, that what's happening and what we're worrying about or what we're angry about, we cannot change. But we will keep it running and running and running and running and going until the point where it feel like we're about to lose our mind. Amen. We start snapping at people. People start talking to us. We start talking to them fast. Folks call you up. You hang up on them fast because you don't really want to talk long. Why? You're emotional. You're caught up in your feelings. Something has got on your nerves. Something you wanted or you're looking for from God, you may not have gotten. Or you may believe that God has forgotten you. Or you're thinking, well, why did this one do this to me? Or why did that one do this to me? Even today while I'm driving, I'm driving to the church. Uh, somebody, the devil done jumped in somebody and told him, don't let them pass you. And I'm like, well, what this man bothering me for? I ain't seen this man a day in my life. But didn't want me to pass him. And I saw a pastor looking at him, and she's looking at me to see what I'm going to do. I said, you know what? I'm not fooling with the, the enemy this morning. I'm not going to make him make me lose my joy. How many of you know that? Amen. Boy, the enemy, if you ain't careful, for some of you uh, uh, road rage drivers, you'd be sitting in that car cussing back. <laughs> Amen. Put your hand down because you ain't waving to him. That's not nice what you're doing. Amen. Boy, let me tell you something. You trying to get close to God and the enemy is uh, enemy send the devil and a demon and somebody just to get on your nerve for that moment. That's what he does just for that moment, just to wreck your nerve, just to make you not trust or believe what God said. He'll send it. He'll get in your child. He'll speak to your child. Make mommy upset. You, yeah, you ever thought about that? When your child go and do something, you're like, well, what in the world did you do that for? Was the enemy at that time? The enemy, are you, you know what? Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody exempt from being used by the enemy now. Oh, please. Don't think you so super saved. The enemy can't use you. Oh, yeah, he will use you. 
anybody from the pulpit to the usher board. All he needs is for you to be available. And knowing at the time that you're not focusing on Jesus, he will definitely come right in. Amen. Again, where has my emotions caused me to lose focus on God and the challenge to get over myself and focus on Jesus? Finally, your topic. Hear, trust, obey. This is worship. Again, hear, trust, obey. This is worship. Because I'm finding out more and more that the only way I'm going to get over me, I got to focus more on Jesus. Because if I focus on me, I'm going to focus on what's bad. I'm going to focus on what's not happening. I'm going to focus on what's getting me upset, and then I'm going to make myself more upset. But when I begin to focus on the goodness of Jesus, when I begin to focus on how good God has been to me and my family, when I begin to look at how for 50 years I'm still here and I'm still standing, you need to give God a praise sitting right where you are. Glory be to God. You need to give him a praise. They're trying to bring racism back. You know it's time to seek the Lord. Lord have mercy. Something we thought, an issue that we thought was dead, Satan ain't forgot. Satan don't let nothing go. Whatever he can use to get to mankind, to get them unfocused on Jesus, that's what he will use. And right now, it's North Korea and is racism. And he's going to play it out to the very end. And saints... It's time to pray. Look around and tell your neighbor, it's time to pray. Look around and tell the neighbor on the other side, it's time to pray and seek the Lord. It's time to pray and seek the Lord for the days and the times that we're living in right now. It's time to pray because whenever they start bringing things back from the past that we already thought was over and now here they come bringing it back, It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to seek the Lord. But see, there would be no problem if we would just hear. The Bible said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by hearing. We need to open up our ears and hear. Let me tell you how great our God is. Now, most of us, we know how important it is to have our eyesight because you've never really known how important your eyesight is until you lose it. It is one of our most important of our senses. We depend a lot upon our eyesight. We want to look in the mirror and see how we look before we go out. 
We want to be able to look and see where we're going. You can't drive without eyes. You need eyes to drive. You need eyes to do the daily things that you need to do. Our eyes are important. See, God realizing and knowing that our eyes are important. But let me tell you something. Faith don't come by what you see. Faith doesn't come by what's before you. No, faith cometh the another way that God has chosen that is better for you to grow in him. Faith cometh by hearing. You've got to have an ear to hear. Now, there's a lot of people who hear, but they're not doers. See, now, not only do we need to be hearers, but we need to be doers of the word. But in order to be a doer, you got to first hear. Amen? Amen. If we was to give either one of these child, either one of these children right now a directive, they would have to hear what we are saying and then follow it. I'm telling you right now that if you tell my grandson Trey not to run, he's not going to listen to you. He's going to break out and run. Because you're saying, don't run, he's going to run. See, God wants us as children to get to the point that when he says something, we listen. And do exactly what God says. It's time now to hear. And then after we hear, then we need to trust what God said. Amen. See, I'm on a promise right now that this building is going to be paid for. Amen. I got a promise that God is going to pay this morning. I have a promise that God is going to fix everything in this building that needs to be fixed. I never will forget when God showed me this building and he showed me that the biggest problem I had with this building, he showed me in a dream, there was a big hole in the ceiling. And since we've been in this church, this was before we got to this church. But when we got to this church, we've been having leaks ever since. Amen. I said, Lord, this is what you showed me. But God said, I'll fix it. And I got to hold on to his promise. I have to I had to open my ear to hear what God said. And now I have to trust him. That even though it's not done yet, I got to praise him and worship till it's done. Because I I believe God and trust him just that much that his word will not fail. I believe God. How many of you want to say that with me today? You believe God. Come come on and say it if you believe it right now. I heard what he said. I trust what he said. And his word to me was do my will. That means obey. See, it's one thing to hear. It's another thing to obey. See, anybody can hear. See, you can be sitting here right now hearing what I'm saying. That don't necessarily mean you're going to be a doer of anything I'm saying. But you're hearing it. Uh, but hearing without doing won't profit you. Be hearers, but be what? 
doers. Ha! To back that up, James said, be slow to speak. Listen, listen, slow to speak, swift to hear. Be quick to hear. Because a lot of times when you're trying to talk, you can't learn. You can't learn anything when all you want to do is talk. Be careful with those people that you talk with that when you get on the phone, you can't get a word in edgewise. You ever had that kind of friend? I got family members like that. You get on the phone with them and you're like, well, what did I call you for? Because I thought we see that's not conversating when I get on the phone and all you do is talk. Because all you like to do is hear yourself talk. You got to be able to listen and stop and conversating. See, I told, I told my children one time, I said, you know what? I said, listen, I said, when we're talking and all you want to do is talk to me, that's not conversating. That's not talking. That's dictating. How many understand that? Amen. When all you want to do is talk and you don't want no one else to say anything, don't call me for advice and then talk yourself out on the phone and you ain't never heard what I had to say. Because you already had the answer, you just called me. I think, I think now we call that, wait a minute, we, what we, we call that venting? Yeah, I just called you the vent. Lord, have mercy. Let's hear, let's trust, let's obey. Come on, say it with me. Hear, hear. Trust, trust, obey. Say it with me, this, this is, worship. is worship. You know, there's nothing wrong with coming to church and lifting our hands. There's nothing, oh man, that's the most beautiful thing you can do to God. Total surrender when you lift up your hands unto God and you begin to worship him and you begin to wave your hands and we all begin to corporately worship. That's a, how many know that's a beautiful thing? Yes. That looks so beautiful and, and that looks so awesome when we come in and we hear everybody giving God worship. That's a beautiful thing. How many, how many, how many believe that? That's a beautiful thing. But you only come to church Sunday. Can we break this down? We only come to church, mother, on Sunday, one time, for two hours. Two hours of the 24 hours in this one day. And then we have 22 hours today and 24 hours for the next six days to do the things we have to do. Are we getting the picture? Two hours we come in here and we might worship a half hour, maybe. What about all those hours once we leave here? Here, trust and obey. Because worship is more than lifting your hands. 
Worship is more than laying prostrate on the floor. Worship is more than getting on your knees. Because if you truly worship, you will be obedient. A worshiper knows that the highest discipline unto God is obedience. Because God wants our obedience. Because with valid, we're really not children. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you love me. Did Jesus not say this? He said this in John. Jesus said, if you love me. He said, keep my commandments. Wow. If you love me, keep my commandments. Any wife in here will tell her husband, she will tell her husband, if you love me, be honest with me. If you love me, be true to me. Because there are more things more important than bringing me home flowers and candy and taking me out and spending hundreds and millions of dollars, but then you can't be honest and I can't trust you when you go out on your own. What does it mean if I can't trust you when you're by yourself, but yet you give me all these gifts? Give me your honesty and keep your gifts. Let me know, listen, I can trust you. Let me know that once you leave the house, you belong to me. And when you come back, you're still mine. Lord, have mercy. See, see, this is taking worship to another level. See, because we come in here to worship. We go out to serve. But I come to tell you that even when you go out from here, you're still worshiping. You just don't have your hands lifted up. But the only way people are going to come to Christ is through your life. And they have to see a worshiper. Because a worshiper will hear, trust, and obey. He will. And no matter, listen, no matter what the circumstance or situations of his life will say, he will trust and obey God. Amen. Amen. Listen, a, a, a true worshiper won't hold back his tithes and offering and say, well, I got to use this to do what I have to do. Listen to what he'll do. He'll give it up anyway because he trusts and he's going to obey God. Let's get into this book in Samuel right here. Samuel 15. We're looking at a king that theologians have often called him the people's king because the people asked for him. Israel was God's nation and God would take care of them. How many know I belong to God? How many know that you belong to God and God is responsible for you? God is going to take care of you, right? Amen. Last couple of months, about a month ago, 
I called Brother Evans and Brother Evans told me, Pastor, uh, Bishop, I can't even walk. I can't even go anywhere. But see, what you have to trust and obey is that no matter what it looks like right now, that is not going to stay that way as you begin to trust God that God's going to turn things around. But you have to trust what he said. See, and God had his hands upon Israel and he's watching Israel and Israel belongs to him. And God was watching over them and he is king over them but the people wanted a king they could see. Wow. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying about the sight? They told Samuel, look what they said. They said, appoint us a king that he may rule over us and go out and come in. They wanted a king. Somebody, somebody they could see. Listen, they wanted a, a king in flesh rather than know that they had an invisible king who was watching them from heaven above. They rather, they rather have a man than have God. First mistake. They wanted something. Listen. If it hits you, just say, ouch. They wanted something God didn't want to give them yet. Anybody, anybody here can say amen to that? Amen. Wanting, wanting something that God has not told you you should have right now. How many has been there? I know I've been there. I've been there. Wanting something that God wants you to wait for, but you rather go and get it yourself. Because God is not coming in your time. See, God had a king all planned out for them. God had a, he had their future in his hand, but they wanted somebody and they wanted it now. When do we want it? Hmm. Do y'all know how now we are? We want everything when? We want to raise. We want more money. We want our rent to go down. We want to stop paying taxes. We want the gas prices to go down. In the real world, in the real world, nothing works when you want it. And listen, neither, more importantly, does our God. God is not on your schedule. Amen. God is not on your payroll. God don't do things when you want it. I want healing. I want this disease to leave. How come I can't worship and praise him while I'm looking for healing? How come I can't worship and praise him until the disease is gone? But I want it now. Mm. We're, a, we're a now people. So God said, so God said, listen, well, let me give you a word about what I think about now. God said, now faith. 
You said, well, God, you said now faith. Yes. Faith says I got it when I don't got it. Y'all don't know that? That's what the verse says. Now faith is the substance of things what? And the evidence of things what? So by faith, I already have it. So I need to walk like I what? Got it. Look around, tell your neighbor, say, walk like you got it. Mm. I'm going to tell you something. If you're looking to get healed, you got to walk like you got it. If you're looking to get healed, you got to talk like you got it. If you're looking to get delivered, you got to think like you already have it. You can't talk healing and then walk limping. You can't talk healing and then in your thinking, you're scared or wondering when's God going to do this. So the people wanted a king, and they wanted a king now. So God gave them a king because the people wanted a king. God didn't want them to have a king yet, but the people cried for a king. Now, see, when you want something, God is not going to stop you from getting it. God will let you have it. He will let you go after it. But when you do that, you are not in God's perfect will. You are in God's permissive will. God, that means God is permitting you to do this, but it's not what he perfectly has for you. But he will allow you because you feel this is so urgent, he will allow you to do it because God is not going to run your life. He is not going to take control over you he wants you and I to submit to him. How many understand that? Yes. See, in trusting and obeying, God wants us to submit to him. So when we submit to him, we're supposed to believe that God is going to do things and he's going to get it done the way we need it done. So they go to Samuel and they ask for a king and God gives them a king. Now God, fast forwarding it, God tells this king and he gives him a directive. He gives him a command. He tells him, now I want you to go and I want you to destroy the Amalekites. I want you to kill the women. I want you to kill the children. Yep, to kill the children too. I want you to kill the husbands, kill the cattle, kill the sheep, leave nothing living out of a Amalek, kill them all. There's a command. Make sure you don't come back till all of that's done. Kill it all. Now, already moral Americans are saying, well, that's not right. What kind of God is that that we serve, that he kills women and children? Please, get over yourself. <laughs> Nations have been built on blood, and America ain't no different. It's not because of God, it's because of sin that blood has to be shed. And 
getting rid of the Amalekites was a plus for Israel because without the Amalekites, you get rid of all their idol gods and there's no chance of their idol gods coming in Israel if the Amalekites are not around. But if you don't kill everything, if you leave something alive, if you leave somebody there, they will bring back their gods that they once had, and then those gods will have a chance to come in Israel. That's why God said, kill everything. But see, we just want to look at it and see God as a monster. People want to look at it and put a label on God. Look at him. Why would he do this? Do you not know that you are saved by the blood of Jesus? That somebody had to go through a tragic death for you and I to receive salvation? Don't you know that Jesus had to be brutalized for you to have eternal life? It's just the way of life. And he told Saul to do this. That's what he told him to do. Now go with me to 1 Samuel 15. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 15. Samuel told Saul what to do. Now here we find out what happens. Verse 12. Verse 9, excuse me. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatling, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, Listen, it repented me, or rather, it grieves me. It grieves me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandment. And it grieved, listen, listen to the emotion. It grieved Samuel. It made Samuel angry. It made Samuel upset because Samuel knew that in order for Saul to be successful, the only way to be successful is to do all that God commanded Samuel, I mean Saul, to do. But Saul didn't do that. See, say to God, what I'm trying to tell you is that in our life, when we find ourselves hitting a wall, we need to look at ourselves and we need to say, have I really been doing what God has asked me to do? Am I following God's word the way I'm supposed to? Because Samuel knew that Saul would get himself in trouble in one big way. And that's not obeying what God told him to do. See, disobedience comes with a cost. And that cost is whatever you have to go through after you don't obey God. And see, our emotions is one of those things that keep us hostage, wherein even when our emotions are acting up, our emotions will keep us from worshiping. Our emotions will keep us from hearing God. I'm telling you right now, saints of God, our emotions is so dangerous that our emotions can paralyze us. 
You'll be sitting there in a pity party all by yourself with no invites. All because you let your emotions take control. And it will paralyze you and keep you in bondage all by yourself. I've seen folks sitting in the dark in depression because of their emotions. Emotions. Some people have caused themselves to go into the nut house because of emotions. Nut house, excuse me, in psychiatric ward, y'all know the same thing. But this is what the emotions, our emotions can do to us. Why? Because they are powerful and we as children of God have ignored them for too long we have allowed allow our emotions to go out of control we have allowed our feelings to tell us anything they want to tell us and then we're looking and we're saying why am I not blessed why is God not doing this why is God not doing that well I want to tell you something if you want to know what's going on look at your emotions and check your feelings and see what's happening and you will see right away, God, I need to trust you. I need to hear what you have to say. And I need to obey so that I can get, con- I can get control over these emotions. Right. Let me tell you something about Satan. Satan allowed things in our past to happen to us that would hinder our future. Y'all not getting this. If you've ever had something that happened to you in the past that you find out that every now and then when you think about it, it gets to you. That was something that Satan brought into your life that happened to you that causes you now, even now, to be stopped by it, to be hindered by it, to find yourself in a place wherein it bothers you so much Some of you still even cry over it. Some of you still even get down over it. But I've come to let you know today that Jesus died for your past. Jesus died to deliver you from your hurt and your grief and your pain. And you don't have to let your emotions hold you hostage anymore. I'm going to get past my past. I'm going to get through what I'm going through. And I'm going to what God has for me while I'm going through. See, y'all didn't get that. Y'all get that when y'all get home. I'm going through, but I'm getting to. Mm. Listen, and Samuel came to Saul, verse 13. And Samuel came to Saul and said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now, he know he's lying. But go to verse 20. And Samuel, Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalekite, and Amalek, excuse me, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Listen. Listen to this. But the people, the people, see, some of y'all had an opportunity to get your dance on this morning, but you didn't 
Because the people. Some of y'all deliverance was here and healing was here for you this morning, but, but you didn't raise your hand and give God glory for it because uh, the, the people. What, what, what will the, the, the people say? Oh, Lord. We going God is saying something. Listen, but the people took of the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord God of, in Gilgal. Now, did God tell him to do that? Did, did God need Saul to save things for him? What did, God told him destroy everything, right? Kill it all, right? Don't come back till everything is destroyed. But he thought, let me save this for the Lord. How many know we can't think for God? How many know we just need to obey? obey. Trust and obey. Mm. Listen to this. And Samuel said, listen, has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? Listen, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of the rams. What is Samuel saying? Samuel saying is God don't need those sheep nor those oxen. What God had rather you do, Saul, is do what he said. See, even in the New Testament church, we are told that when we give, we are not to give grudgingly. See, anything that you give somebody grudgingly, take it back. You know why? It ain't profiting you nothing. Because you're giving it against your will. God loves a cheerful giver, a person that gives and they give till it makes them laugh. Not someone that gives and then thinks back, well, you know what? I really could have used that money I gave Rosie. Or somebody that gives away a dress and then say, boy, that dress would have looked perfect on me today. God loves a cheerful giver. When you give it, you don't even think about it no more. It's because you gave it from your heart. See, there's a difference when something comes from your heart and you just give something. When you give something from your heart, you'll never think about it or talk about it anymore. I remember when I was a little boy and... I used, to, I used to be told that I had to give my clothes to Lee and Derek. Remember that, Lee? Yeah, all of them. When, <laughs> when we were little kids, I had to give my clothes that were too small to me to Lee and Derek. And you know how kids are. And when you see them, oh, Derek, my suit looks nice on you. <laughs> now, that ain't nice. But you know, we're children. And my mother would tell me, listen, she said, don't you say anything when you see the, your nephews in your clothes. And I was like, why is mine? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> it belongs to my nephews now. But see, now they got jobs now, so I can't give them anything. They wouldn't fit, they wouldn't fit it anyway, because I'm smaller than them. Anyway, <laughs> and listen here. So Samuel said to obey is better than sacrifice. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. 
For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. How many hear that? Rebellion is as the sin. In other words, God says there's no difference in you being rebellious as somebody working witchcraft. God is saying, listen, rebellion and witchcraft is the same thing. And you know why? Because rebellion involves total disrespect of God's control and authority over you, just as witchcraft does. Because it takes the same spirit to be rebellious as it does to work in witchcraft. It's all the wrong spirit. My God. When I'm looking at this and I'm saying, Lord, rebellion is like working witchcraft. Yes. And listen, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now that one, I had to really see law. I said stubbornness is like idolatry. Why? Because when I am stubborn and please listen hard, because everybody in this room has about with stubbornness. In, in life right now. Listen, listen. Stubbornness is like adultery. You know why it's like adultery? Because when I'm being stubborn, I become my own personal idol. Because I'm listening and I'm obeying me. Whoever I obey becomes my God. And this is what happened with Saul. Because Saul had obeyed himself instead of obeying God, and because Saul wanted to please the people. How many know the people? How many know the people? You know, last Sunday, I was going to come to church because of the people. I was coming to church because I said, now how would that look to the people if I didn't come to church? See, a lot of times, we don't, we don't like to tell it, but we depend upon what the people think. You know why? Listen to this. We seek approval. How many hear it? How many, how many people know that sometimes we seek the approval of people more than the approval of God? How many people know and understand that sometimes the things that we do is not for God, but so that the people will like us? And a lot of us, if we be, if we be honest, the reason why we dress the way we do, because we don't want no one to talk about us. We are so into pleasing others that we will go beyond even to disobeying God so that the people would be satisfied. Y'all remember how Pastor Cummings came in here and he talked about it, and I said, oh my God, I had the same thing happen to me because it was the same spirit. How people come in front of you and how people sit down and you counsel them and they tell you, you know, they are talking about you. And I said, they? they? They said, they are talking. I said, and who are they? They is they. They are them. 
And I'm like, I'm, I'm confused. Do, do you know who it is? I can't tell you, but there's no that they are doing it. <laughs> Listen, the people. See, what they wanted me to do, they wanted me to do like them and worry about what the people are saying. See, but one thing they didn't understand is that God taught me a long time ago through church folks, you can't depend on people. So if, if you're looking for people to give you a hug, you lost. If you're looking for people to pat you on your back, you done gone wrong. But I tell you that there is someone who loves you. There is someone who approves of you. There is someone who cares about you. There is someone that will never look over you, but will always look straight at you and talk to you in your face. And that is Jesus Christ. And he will never, ever let you down. But if you look for the people, you are never going to get very far. Any pastor, anybody tell me, well, you know, God's called me to the ministry. Oh, beautiful, wonderful. But you know, I got to wait for the people. God didn't call you. I'm sorry, God didn't call you. Because you know what? When God calls you and God tells you to do something, he's going to make a way no matter what. So it don't matter if you don't come to church. God's still going to pay the bills for this church. Because my faith and my trust is not in the people. Let me tell you something. And many of y'all wasn't even here when we got this church. And y'all know that. You wasn't here. You don't know how much the bills are for this church. But every month, the bills are met. Every month, the bills are paid. Why? Because it's not for the people. It's because of the God that we serve. He will make a way. He is able. I'm not trusting people. See, because people leave, people leave. Church is a rev. Churches are a revolving door. People come in, people go out. Don't put your hope and your trust in man. Who said that? God said that. Thus, through the psalmist, put not your trust in man. Because I'm telling you, they will fail you. Listen, they're not all the times going to say the right things to you. And you know, when we get hurt, you know who hurt us? Who hurt you? Say it, mother. The people. <laughs> The people hurt us. And we get mad at the people. You know what? If I got mad every time somebody in this church hurt me, I wouldn't come to church. I'd, I'd call Joe up and say, Joe, pastor the church. I ain't coming back. Seeking the approval of people. Marriages have failed 
because of a spouse seeking for approval. And let me tell you something. When you're looking for something, if you're not careful, the devil will send it to you. Mm. That's right. That's right. And he'll send you, he'll send, listen, he'll send you the counterfeit of exactly what you're looking for. And that's exactly what he did to Saul. He gave him people that talked to him when he should have listened to God. But he wanted to please. And you can't please God pleasing people. You can't do it. Look around and tell your neighbor, don't please me. Tell them, please God. Listen to this. Go down to Samuel, 1 Samuel, and we're going to let finish. Listen, and Samuel, verse 24, and Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words. Listen, he told on himself, because I what? Feared the people and obeyed whose voice? Their voice. Now, listen. Go with me to chapter 16 real quick. Chapter 16, verse 1. Now, after this, see, Samuel chose Saul. He felt very bad for Saul because Samuel knew that leading Israel was not going to be easy. He understood it for he was a judge himself. See, Samuel held three offices. Samuel was a priest Samuel was a judge, and Samuel ushered in the era of the prophets. And what Samuel understood was that if you're going to lead Israel, you better obey God. Because if you don't, you're going to mess up. See, Samuel, Saul messed around and got himself rejected. Verse 1, and the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Listen to what he said. He said, fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among the people. I have provided me a king among the people. God comes to Saul, to Samuel, and listen what he tells Samuel. He says, why are you mourning still? See, but this is where emotions take us. Get us in a spot where we find ourselves just soaking and soaking and sinking and sinking in what we're thinking about. Let me tell you something. If you think something long enough, whether you know it or not, you don't start believing it. Lord, thank you, Walls. God bless you. Because we need some honest people in here today. I'm going to say it again. You, if you think something long enough, you'll start believing it. And it will become a part of who you are. 
this is what was happening because Saul, Samuel was so upset about Saul, he found himself sitting and grieving for Saul because he knew that Saul was rejected. And now, because Saul had been rejected, his sons will never be king over Israel. And God comes to Samuel and he tells Samuel, why are you still mourning? See, that's what God is saying to you today. He's sending his voice to shake you up. In other words, he's saying to you what he's saying to Samuel. Get up out of this. I don't know, maybe this message is not for you. Stop crying about this. Stop worrying about this. Stop stressing about this. Stop becoming agitated. Uh, is there any human beings in the place? Why are you sitting here in this? This is still a topic and it shouldn't be. I have rejected Saul. That's not going to change. So you went through. Get up. And go. For the time has come for a new thing. But how can I get a new thing if I'm still sitting in the old thing? I have to let go of the old and look forward to the new. Or else the old will hold me back. In other words, get over it. He's not going to be king. His sons will never be king. And that's not going to change. But I have a man that's going to be king. And I want you to, listen, fill your horn with oil. Don't worry about it. God's got us. Listen, I'm going to fill your horn with oil. Oil is a representative or uh, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And he's telling them, fill yourself with oil. And God has said to us, be filled with the Spirit. Because the only way to get over yourself, the only way to get over your emotion, the only way to get out of what you're going through is to get over you, is to be filled with the Spirit. Fill your horn with oil and go do what I have called you to do. Just stop sitting here crying. Stop sitting here worrying about it. Listen, worrying never changed anything. Stressing never did anything but give people an ulcer. Get up. Be filled. Fill your horn and get ready to go and anoint King David, the grandfather of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
for he would be the one that Jesus would come through. It was David that God was sending Samuel to go and appoint and anoint for God's work. But that would have never happened if Samuel stayed there in his emotions. We getting this? Now, I, don't, I don't need you to shout and dance. I don't need you to jump. Let this sink in you. Let this get in you. Because if this word get in you, it will make you. He did not sit there because God told him, go. And see, when you find yourself becoming paralyzed by your feelings and emotions. The first thing you need to go to is the word of the living God. And my Bible tells me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. My Bible tells me that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the way of the scornful, but his delight is what? In the law of the Lord, and in his law does he what? Meditate when? Day and night. Because you don't have no time to sit there emotional and worrying about how you were done wrong or why you don't have what you need right now. Where's the money? Praise God till it comes. Where's the rent? Worship God till it comes. Where's the new job? Give him praise because the job is here. But if I get caught up in what I'm going through, I don't allow God to speak to me because I'm not hearing, I'm not trusting, and I'm not obeying or else I wouldn't be in this very emotional and so now that I know I've been doing this wrong let me get up and worship stand with me stand with me stand with me how are we going to end this service this morning You know your life better than I do. You know what you're going through more than I do. You understand it better of what's happening. But see, just like a computer that's doing something that you don't want it to do, the only way you're going to stop it, you have to override it. See, and God is challenging you right now if you want to override the thoughts that's going through your mind. You want to override what's happening 
in your life right now and you want to put your mind and focus totally on what God has called you to do, I want you right now to lift up your hands unto God in total surrender and give those emotions, those problems to him and let him give you the fruit of the spirit, which is love, which is joy, which is peace. See, because against these, there is no law. Because you can walk in these for the rest of your life and they will make you what God wants you to be. So I want you to begin to worship now for the fruit of the spirit in your life that you need right now. I don't want you to think about anything else. I want you to focus totally on God and his deliverance, totally on his word. Just begin to focus on him right now. Begin to worship him. Make him the object of your affection. Make him the object of your heart right now and begin to cry out unto him in worship. Begin to speak to him and talk to him. Begin to tell him everything and free yourself in him right now and stand in the liberty therefore which Christ has made thee free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Be free in Jesus' name. Who wants to be free? Who wants to be free? Let worship set you free. Let worship set you free right now. Be free in Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Be free in Jesus. Begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. 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 Begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. Just worship him. Focus solely on the Lord. Focus on nothing else. Focus on God. Not on your financial problems. Focus on God. When you focus on him, everything else will fall in line. Focus on the Lord. 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 Focus on Him. Focus on Him. Put your focus on Him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thank you, Lord. 
Be renewed. Be renewed. Be renewed. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. For you will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. You're being renewed and restored in Jesus' name. God, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. God bless you.